Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Join Hoda Kotfi for a brand new season of her podcast, Making Space. For season five, I am making space to talk to people who are providing a sense of hope and inspiration when life changes course. Uplifting conversations with inspiring individuals like NFL legend Drew Brees, singer-songwriter Ziggy Marley, and today's show co-anchor Savannah Guthrie as you have never heard her before. I found faith more viscerally, not because the bad thing didn't happen, but because it did. I promise you, like me, will leave these conversations with some wisdom for your own journey, empowered and inspired to make space in your own life. New episodes of Making Space with Hoda Kotb are released every Wednesday. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Zibby Owens, the creator and host of the award-winning podcast that you're listening to right now. Thank you so much. Called Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. It is a daily podcast, 365 days a year, and each day we talk to an author about all of the things related to their career, their book, their life, and more in 30 minutes or less, because who has time? I am now an author myself, although I wasn't when I started this podcast, and you can get my new memoir, Bookends, a memoir of love, loss, and literature, wherever books are sold starting July 1st, and my children's book, Princess Charming. You can learn more about me at zibbyowens.com, but really, you're here to learn more about the authors, and that is what we're going to do. Also, be sure to check out all the other podcasts in the Zcast Podcast Network. You can learn more at zcastnetwork.com and definitely check out those shows as well. I hope you'll all check out the all-new Zibby Mag, Z-I-B-B-Y-M-A-G, the literary lifestyle destination with essays, book news, a lit lifestyle feature, and even some classes. Check it out, zibbymag.com. Nora McInerney is back on this podcast for her new book, Bad Vibes Only, and other things I bring to the table. Nora was voted most humorous by the Annunciation Catholic School class of 1997. Since then, she's written the best-selling memoirs, It's Okay to Laugh, Crying is Cool Too, and No Happy Endings, as well as the Hot Young Widows Club and Bad Moms. She hosts the award-winning podcast, Terrible Thanks for Asking, and has spoken on Ted's main stage. She's contributed to publications like the New York Times, Time, Slate, and Vox. She is very tall. All right. Welcome, Nora. Thank you so much for coming back on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books to discuss bad vibes only and other things I bring to the table. Essays. Yes. And I bring very little else to the table. People should know this. Okay. <laughs> it's like, just all the books. That's have it. me over for a literal meal. I will intend to bring you a hostess gift. And then I will forget it at home. So I will literally come to the table empty-handed. I just will. <laughs> but the thought is there. So that's The okay. thought is there. The thought is there. And hopefully it's the thought that counts because I have so many of them. So many thoughts. Yeah. That's great. That's all you need. So tell listeners about this latest collection. 
So uh, this is my first book of essays. An essay is kind of how I started writing in my, whatever I would call my writing career sort of began in the early 2010s. And so if listeners can take a trip back in time with me, the early 2010s were such an interesting time on the internet. We were all on one algorithm. So there was just like one kind of thing could go viral at once. And all of these websites were popping up, XO Jane, Hello Giggles, uh, all these websites and, you know, a thousand others like them that were geared towards women aged 25 to 34. And they were almost all first-person essays. And while I did not get paid hardly anything to write those pieces, I was really good at it. I was really good at it. I'd wanted to be a writer since I was a little kid. My dad always told me that good writers write what they know, which is the tragedy when you don't know anything. You know, when it gets a tragedy to hear that when you're nine years old and be like, but I don't even know long division. What what am I going to, like, what am I going to write about? But you know what? Every person knows, Zibby, you know this, like every person knows their own story. Every person knows their own story. And I loved writing things that were seemingly about things that were seemingly unimportant, you know, like in 2010 to write a piece that said, are leggings pants? This writer thinks, yes. Okay. That was a bold, that was a bold statement, <laughs> a strong opinion. And Gen Z were walking around in their little Lululemon leggings with a crop top. You have me to thank. You have me to thank for all, paving the way yeah. to yeah. believing that those were actually pants and not a layering piece, which they were in 2010. I have written, this is my fifth book, Most of my books are in memoir and most of my books are, you know, wrestling with the fact, uh, digesting, picking apart, like the biggest story of my life. Everybody has like a main story of their life, everybody. And if you're to ask anybody like, so what's your deal, right? They'll tell you and they can probably list it off in bullet points. They can tell you what their story is. And for since 2014, my story has been that in 2014, my dad died, my husband died and I lost a pregnancy in like a six or seven week span of time. And that those are life altering losses. If you even have one of them, all of mine happened at once. And most of the books that I've written have been figuring out what all that meant, which is not nothing. They, those things just happened, but like what it means to build a life in the wake of those and bad vibes only is a collection of essays exploring all of the other things that make up a person's life story, all of the other thoughts and situations that add up to who a person is, especially when that person, me, is knocking on the door of 40 years of age, you know, sliding feet first into middle age. And what happens at this age? Like you really, really cannot help but look back like look back and pull apart like these different situations that have contributed to who you were. And trust me, since I was a little kid obsessed with my parents dying, I have always had bad vibes. I've always been a somewhat off-putting weirdo, you know? And uh, not an off-putting weirdo. That that is not the narrative. You should. I mean, no. <laughs> you know, I've always been a person who's like, yeah, I don't know, I don't know, guys, I don't know. So I I, I wanted to write about all this stuff. I wanted to write about all of this stuff that isn't, you know, simply like grief and loss, but you know, explores grief and loss through other things, like the realization that like your life is finite, that those former selves who were sort of like 
clipped at the vine still exist somewhere. Mm -hmm. They just aren't you anymore. So it was a lot of fun to write. It was excruciating to write. And I have loved, this is like the end of like sort of three weeks of being on tour and meeting like thousands of people who have, you know, interacted with other versions of my work who are, who are coming into this version of my work. And yeah, it's just been, it's just been wonderful and amazing. So you asked me one question. I have no idea how long I talked. I'm so sorry. You could just do the whole thing this way. I'm happy to, I'm tired. I'll just sit here. This would be doing another thing. Yeah, go ahead. I'm actually just going to keep asking questions. This is how it's going to go, as a matter of fact. No, I actually... So some of these things I found... First of all, vintage movies, vintage rom-coms. Did not know that was a thing in terms of hashtag aging, Runaway Bride, the object of my affection. I mean... I would just call those rom-coms, but don't worry. If you have a teenager, they're going to make... Do you want to watch a vintage rom-com? And you're like, you mean a contemporary film? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that just came out, that just came out 20 years ago? What are you talking about? <laughs> oh my gosh, you're so funny. Okay, I need to talk to you about this weight loss thing. So mm. you may not know, but I also went to Weight Watchers for many years and I was a receptionist and then I became a leader and I led meetings all over the place. And your writing it was like, so tell me about your experience because there were so oh. many similarities and I just, yeah. you know, even the sad part of like how this, how eating disorders even play into dieting and all of that. Yeah. I mean, I came of age in the late nineties, early two thousands and like every woman, uh, every woman in history, even to like this day, maybe they're slightly, slightly cracking away at this, but the best thing a woman could be was thin and beautiful. And if you can't be beautiful, at least you can be thin. And for generations, I mean, I think for like, for generations and generations, that has been part of like the pursuit of, you know, perfection, of self-mastery. I didn't know this when I was younger, but like every bit of pop culture played into this. Being five years old and watching, you know, ads for like Jenny Craig and being like, oh, a shake can be a meal. An eight ounce shake can be a meal. Watching ads for Weight Watchers, watching, you know, uh, magazine covers in the grocery store and seeing how a woman can gain 10 pounds and, and be on the cover of a magazine with that being commentary about about herself. Like learning so early on that like your weight and your beauty is intrinsically tied to your worth as a person. It turns out that does do a number on you. And (laughs) I was also raised by people who I think would think of themselves like as above that narrative. I wasn't allowed to have Barbies as a kid because my dad said they perpetuated a negative, you know, self-image in women and unrealistic beauty type. And I was like, okay, well, I'm five. Uh, so, (laughs) So thanks for this, you know, dumb knockoff baby doll from Shopco, but wasn't allowed to have Barbies, you know, didn't do ballet because, you know, my parents were like, no, that like, you know, it gives you the wrong sense of like, of yourself and your worth, but like all of that stuff seeped in anyways. And when I was in college, I gained the freshman 15, you know this, right? The freshman 15, you go to college, you have unlimited access to a to an ice cream bar and cereal. And like, you learn that no one's going to stop you from putting cereal on your ice cream, (laughs) three meals a day. 
And I, you know, I was still, I'm six feet tall. I'm a little taller than six feet tall. I went to college 120 pounds, which is extremely skinny. And I probably came back like 145, 150, just whatever it was, it was still extremely thin. And I went to Weight Watchers. And if you are listening to this and you want to crack your phone in half, I don't blame you. I don't blame you. I don't blame you at all. But I had crossed some threshold in my mind. And even like among the people who knew me, nobody was alarmed that I was going to a weight loss meeting at all. And that program has been so helpful for so many people. People I know and love like were 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 helped by that program. Felt really good about themselves afterwards. Like it unlocked something that was already like burrowing into my brain anyways right? Like it, it unlocked something else that was already in my brain. And it just taught me how to have an eating disorder. It just taught me every trick I knew to have an eating disorder and to treat myself horribly and to truly experience like the addiction of self-control, which has been, you know, a, a part of my life for years afterward. And again, like why was I there? Why was I there? Because the idea of being 15 pounds heavier and still like, you know, falling squarely into like whatever beauty standard existed, even in the day when people were declaring like Lindsay Lohan scary skinny, but also being like, but did she wear a best? Of course she did. She wore a best. She wore a best. She's the sexiest skeleton you've ever seen. Like, I, I still felt compelled to be there as though the best thing that I could possibly do it be doing with my time was like making myself smaller, making myself smaller. Yikes. So Mm. how, how did you pull yourself out of that? I don't know if I have, I mean, I mean, I have in many ways, but I've gone to like all kinds of therapy. I really have, but you know, In a lot of ways, I think like our health and wellness culture, that sort of like, oh, you know, all of these sort of like extremes that exist, like I've always been attracted to. And so I just found other ways to kind of like dress it up or hide it. And for some, for periods of time, that would be like, oh, I just run. You know what I mean? Like, I just run. I run like, you know, five miles a day. Like, why are you running five miles a day? Like, why are you running five miles a day? Well, like mentally I was, you know, using that to like cancel out things or to like balance some sort of like invisible scale. Well, I don't have a scale in my house, but like, do I still like count in my mind? Like everything that I've ever eaten? Yeah. I would say like, I probably stopped that that sort of like mentality only in like the past year, only in the past year. But like, I would find other ways. I would find other ways. Like when I first got a Fitbit, I was like, okay, now I will make sure that it never, ever goes below 10,000 steps ever. Right. Oh, I have an, I have an Apple watch. Now I can like close that ring and I can like raise that bar so that ring doesn't get closed unless I do like a crazy amount of activity and that I can dress up as like wellness. I can say like, this is for my, this is for my health. It is for my health. But like, what is the way that I can best measure my health? It's how skinny I am. And this is like horribly embarrassing to say out loud for me. You know what I mean? It's like, it's, it's, uh, yeah, I don't know. 
It should not be embarrassing. And mm. although I do understand how the comfort of the page is a little bit easier than sometimes discussing. Yeah. But Even typing it though, it's like, you know, I'm, aren't I supposed to be like a good feminist? Aren't I supposed to be like evolved past this? And like, when I say like bad vibes only, it's like, no, like I have always been a person who's like, who understands her own contradictions and like, and struggles with that, right? Like I can say like, that was borderline insane that I went to Weight Watchers at that weight. I think it's absolutely insane that they like accepted me and like, or like, yeah, you should be here for sure. And I think it's like, I think it's, I mean, to me, it's sad that I'm like almost 40, would not want any of my children to feel this way. And I still like, I still feel this way. Yeah. Gaining control over your inner thoughts and feelings. That's a tough, tough yeah. Can someone fix it? Can someone figure that out, please? Oh, that'd be nice. Um, The problem with eating stuff is it's all so physical. It's so visible too. Yeah. You know, it is. And you need it too. It's like, there's no like other addictions. It's like, well, you don't need, you know, like you can, you can craft a life where like, you're never around alcohol. Like you're never going to be, you're never going to have a life where like, you're never around food or physical activity. Mm -hmm. So like, how, how do you like learn to learn to deal with that stuff. And like, honestly, I mean, the most honest answer I have is like TBD, mm-hmm. TBD. Yeah. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chat bot may be your new best friend, but what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company offer flexible budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, grown-ups! The Cat in the Hat cast is a new podcast from Wondery, perfect for the whole family. Join the Cat in the Hat and your favorite Dr. Seuss characters as they get whisked away on a new adventure every week. Fish dreams of creating his very own polite and quiet podcast. That is, until he gets a surprise visit to his fishful podcast studio from the Cat in the Hat himself, and it becomes very clear that the cat has other plans for the podcast, and those plans are the opposite of quiet. The cat may be disruptive, but it turns out he's also a great help to get fish out of all kinds of predicaments. Bursting with music, silliness, and rhymes, the Cat in the Hat cast encourages us all to find fun that is funny in every episode. So sing along to new favorite songs, try your luck at Titanic Tongue Twisters, have some fun with wondrous wordplay, and most importantly, bring your family along for all of the adventures in the Cat in the Hat cast. Follow the Cat in the Hat cast on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to the Cat in the Hat cast ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or Wondery Kids Plus in Apple Podcasts. Did it help to write it? Does it help now that it's out there for everyone? Yeah, it does. It does. I think it it helped to write that out. It helped to like have me and my husband read that, to have like my mom read that, to have my sister read that. Because my sister had a very different experience in Weight Watchers. And our experiences were similar. Our experiences were similar because when she lost weight, she became so much more beautiful to some people. Mm. You know what I mean? She got a whole different kind of attention, even within our family which always made me sad as a kid. You know, people would say to me about my sister, your sister is so beautiful if she could lose weight. Isn't that horrible? Like, and you hear those things when you're little and you hear like, okay, so I'm okay now because I'm not there, you know? But like, but if I did, then what would that mean about me? 
Mm-hmm. You know, what does it mean that my cousin is beautiful, but she has big bones? What does that mean? Mm-hmm. And I hope people are more conscious about the way that they talk about that in front of children, in front of other people. But I also do know that, you know, we've all like only evolved so far. And I do have like, you know, a kindergartner who's like, well, you know, a little girl in his class, he came home and he said, she was crying all day. She was crying all day. And I said, why was she crying all day? And he said, well, because this other kid said she's the fattest person in our room. And I was like, okay, well, what does that mean? Like, what does that mean? He's like, oh, just, you know, I guess she has a bigger body. And I was like, okay, well, did he say it in a nice way or did he say it in a mean way? And he said, well, he said it in a mean way. And, you know, that's why she's crying. I was like, right. I was like, (laughs) I was like, right. But like, you know, do you think it's bad that our body is different from yours? He's like, no. I'm like, okay. Like, and it's like, you, it's so, it's so difficult to even, you know, talk about it with a child to be like, look, we both see that everybody's body is different, but like, what if you didn't care about it? Or what if you didn't comment on it? And then, you know, but like, here's why you wouldn't comment on it. Cause she would feel bad. Why would she feel bad? Because some people think it's bad, but is it right. bad? It's like, it is so tangled. It's so difficult, but like, you know, it's 2022, that girl's five years old. And like, there, the cycle continues. It just continues. Depressing. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I know. I'm sorry. Okay. Hopeless, depressing. <laughs> Maybe not. I will say, when I was working at Weight Watchers, you had to pass a certain weight threshold. So maybe mm. they changed it, but that was in like yeah, yeah. But anyway, yeah. And, and I mean, maybe I did. Like, was it height and weight? Yeah, height and weight. Oh, weird. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if they used to do that. Yeah, it was in like you know, Weight Watchers ten point two, or I don't even yeah. know what you want to call it. Yeah. But anyway, but this loops into your essay on on parenting and different types of parenting. And oh my gosh, you're so funny. Yeah. About it writing about the whole thing. Give us like the little cliff notes on on, on different parenting types and competitive parenting and all of that. My God, I just was not prepared for the way that like parenting would feel like a competitive sport. And it feels that way because for so many people, myself included, unless you are very conscious of it and you stay conscious of it in every moment, becoming a parent is like a projection of what you wanted or what you didn't have or what you hope for your kids and like what you, all these like unmet or unsaid or even like unrealized, unaware expectations, all these expectations. And when you become a parent, you are suddenly thrown into this group without like, without even like, you know, signing up and be like, okay, I guess we're all parents now. We're all parents. We're all parents. We're all wildly different people who have nothing in common. And now all our kids know each other. And so we got to go to a birthday party. We got to go to a birthday party and stand around and be like, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh. And people's parenting ideologies become almost like, um, like a team. So I imagine this essay is like, you know, there's this, there's this, it's a sports league. It's called the Competitive Parenting Association. And within there, you can join different leagues depending on your, I obviously don't know how sports work, um, depending on like what your interest <laughs> is, depending on what your interest is. And so like, are you going to be like a crunchy parent? These are mostly moms, obviously, because to be a dad is to be celebrated, even if you are just like present in any way, like the bare minimum. People are like, what a dad, I am so, I, can you believe it? He is holding his baby <laughs> in public, in public. Like people lose their minds. My husband flies with our children. People say things like, what a beautiful family. Do you need me help? All of our kids can walk. 
they're all like, they're all wiping their own butts. People are like, oh my God, look at him. I fly with our kids and people are like, <laughs> it does not, they can't sit by me. They're just like immediate, they're just the whole temperature changes. But there's all these different kinds of like parents that you meet once you become a parent. And some of them are, you know, free range, screen free, organic parents. And some of them are sports parents. And some of them are, and I'm like blanking on all the other kinds of parents I've, I've interacted <laughs> with. And, and some of them are like very intense academic parents. And all of it is so fascinating to me because it's not even as though they're like parenting. We're It's not even though, as though we are always parenting the children we got. Like we become the kind of parents very easily that we, you know, kind of want to be. And it's just very, very interesting to me. And I've, I've been a lot of different kinds of parents. I've been a lot of different kinds of parents. And now I'm just kind of like a lazy one. Um, and I think that's the best kind to be, you know, I just like <laughs> lowered the expectations for like my kids and for everyone around me. I'm like, you know what? Like you, you're going to get a zero on that worksheet today. That's what you're going to get. Cause mom doesn't know how to do fourth grade math either. And I'm not going to cry about it. You're not going to cry about it. We're going to give up. <laughs> Okay. And you're going to go back to school and you're going to ask some questions because I don't know why they're asking for a word problem when you already have, they already gave you the answer. Do you know these math things? You've already been through this with your kids, right? Like I have, but I don't understand. It's so my heart, like when he opens up the book, I'm like, I can't can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't help you. My daughter's like, yeah, well, we're doing algorithms in math. And I'm like, algorithms. I was like, just refresh my memory. I'm yeah, like, you tell me what you she, think it is. And then she shows it to me and I'm like, oh, you're just doing subtraction, right? With carrying the ones or whatever. Oh. She's like, no, it's an algorithm. And I was like, since when? Really? Since when? Okay. You're, you're, carrying a, you're borrowing a one or you're giving yeah, it over to that, the neighbor. That's, that's that, all we're doing. That yeah. I can help you with. That I can help you with. When it's like, describe the addends or add-ins. I don't even know how you say it. I was like, I will not do that. Yeah. I won't do it. No. Okay. I will not. I will not. You know, there is one part of, of one of your essays that, that it's really, I mean, not just one, but this particular piece I keep thinking about because you have this moment with some of your girlfriends and you're saying like, okay, well, we're, we're never going to be like glamorous people or something yeah. you said similar to that, right? Like, guess what? Like we aren't now and we aren't going to be in the future. Like we this aren't. is what we got. And That's I it. feel like there's something so pro- profound about that level of acceptance and like the shock of acceptance actually, <sighs> like, oh my gosh, like I'm never going to be like this really cool hippy dippy. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm not, I'm not that now and I don't see a path to that. So. Yeah. And so I'm just going to be this version of myself and like, will it change? Yes. But like the core elements will not. And therefore I can let go. I can let go of, you know, the nine J crew pencil skirts I bought. I work at (laughs) home. Yeah. I work at, I have since 2015. Who was I shopping for? Like what version of myself? I'm always like, you never know. You never never know. I might need a suit. You never know. I do know. I do know. I can like, I can, (laughs) I can file away. Like I will not be, I will not be a person who like remembers to put makeup on every day. I just won't be. And good for me. Good for me. I can let that, I can let that go. But yeah, my friend Brandy said to me, isn't it crazy? We'll never be like elegant. And I was like, what? While I'm wearing, while I'm wearing like, dirty hair, dirty sweatshirt, and like bike shorts. I was like, what do you mean? What do you mean? Like, and she's like, yeah, we just won't be. I was like, holy shit, dude, you are right. Like, oh my God. 
So funny. Oh. oh my goodness. So you do so much to promote other authors. You have a whole other Instagram where you're talking about different books and all of that. Like, tell me about that and books that you're loving or why you're doing that or oh. I don't know, all of it. I just love to read just like you. It's like, I just love to read. I need a place to put them. I have not posted in a long time because I also am not a person who like can like, uh, I mean, that would just mean me managing something. <laughs> uh, I'm just not a manager. I'm not a good manager for myself or anybody else. So I post when I remember to, and I only post the books I like, just like I will only like talk about a book that I like. Cause it's like, I don't know, like taste is so subjective that it's like, for me to be like, ah, this book was bad. No, it wasn't. I just didn't like it. But do I need to put that out in the world? I don't think so. I don't think I need that uh, to put that kind of energy out in the world. But I also like to read such like a weird variety of things too, that I just wanted a place to put them. And I love listening to books. I love listening to books. That counts to me. That counts as reading. And I'm I'm not a person who enjoys, like, I can't watch anything thrilling, even vaguely. Like, no suspense can I stand on TV. None. I'm, I will, like, Google how an episode ends so I can just enjoy it. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Not good. Not good. <laughs> I have to talk through everything. My husband's like, please stop. I'm like, yeah, how are they going to get out of this? I don't. He's like, I don't know if it's the first episode. And they have a whole season. So I think she's going to live. I'm like, okay, well, not sure. Um, but I love listening to thrillers lately. I love listening to thrillers. So I've been in on a deep Paula Hawkins and Alice mm. Feeney kick. Mm. And I'm like, I just love it. I love it, love it, love it. I love it. And I could never write anything like that because I'd be like, I don't know. Um, and then it all worked out and everything was fine. <laughs> <laughs> and actually no one died. It was all a joke. Yeah. Guess what? It's not a thriller. Yeah. <laughs> actually a comedy. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to yeah. explain to you why things are happening the whole time yeah. so you don't have to be nervous. Yeah. Whoops. You know how you suspected it? You were right. Let's move on. Yeah. She heard a bump. It was nothing. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so what, what next? Are you working on another memoir? No, I feel like you were touring all over the place. You were yeah. doing like a, you're like a one woman show over there. What, what's coming yeah. up? Nothing. Nothing is coming up. <laughs> nothing is coming up. I my podcast is independent now, which is really exciting and wonderful. What does and that I'm mean? Just, what does that mean? It's independent now. That I own it. And okay. so and I'm not on a network. Okay. I'm just making it myself, which is ideal for me and wonderful. Um, so I'm no longer a part of public media. I am just okay. making something on my own. And I love it. That is like what I've been, that has been my goal for six years. And I have that. And I don't know if this is my last book, but it might be, it might be. So I'm just enjoying this process and enjoying having it out in the world without like all of the stress that is accompanied like every other book launch, because they're just so stressful. They're just inherently stressful. Like you make mm -hmm. a thing yeah. and you like hoist it out into the world and you're like, I hope you catch it. And that's so far out of your control. And I've always been onto the next thing, always been onto the next thing and never enjoyed anything. And so I've made a very deliberate choice this time. Like, I'm just going to enjoy it. Good. I'm just going to enjoy it. And then when the next thing comes to me, if it does, I'll be here. And if it doesn't, I like this thing. Yeah. I like yeah. that. Yeah. Wait, so can you go back for two seconds? So terrible. Mm -hmm. Thanks for asking. Used to be part of public radio. What can you do now that you couldn't do before? Why did you want it on your own? I mean, I'll tell you that off record. Okay. Yeah. 
tell you that off record. Oh, I'll tell okay. you that off record. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Great. Well, yeah. Nora, thank you so much. For thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Only. I loved getting to know you better through your essays yeah. and of course chatting with you. So thank you. Okay. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. 